I got to talk, because talking is what I do. Hey, well, shit to bed, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. And why am I dropping this on Tuesday and letting y'all know as I take a sweet of this Mountain Dew real quick? <clears throat> I apologize. I'm still on leave for a little bit of wear. Still got a little bit of cough. Just got back from playing. Just pooping. Hooping them, and I'm a little, I'm a little tired, but we're gonna get through this episode today because that's what I do for y'all. I'm gonna plug my charger in real quick because this thing needs to be charged in a little bit. This laptop needs to charge. Okay, there we go. So, where do I begin? So, as you saw, I posted a Facebook status earlier today saying that during due to current events and quotation, I decided that I would um, do a show and make it more current and have it announced on Tuesday because a lot happened over the weekend and also. The, the NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals technically begin tomorrow with the Western Conference Finals playing. <clears throat> and it's just, um, you know, I'm just trying to get through things and just try to stay more on top because I do drop a show Wednesday, but sometimes when you start a show on Wednesday, thing if you're talking about current events, things happen on Monday and Tuesday. So I thought, why well, don't I just do a show on Tuesday <coughs> and give you guys something to talk about. And man, I'm, getting, I'm tired of this cough. So anyway... Excuse me. So let's do the elephant room. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. The Western Conference Eastern Conference Finals. We got the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets, going up against the number seven seed, Los Angeles Lakers. And in the Eastern Conference, we got the number eight, Miami Heat, seed, going up against the number two seed, the Boston Celtics. Now I want to start this off. Um, I'm gonna start with the Western Conference first. Actually, no, I'm gonna talk about the Eastern Conference first because that game was most recently over. Congratulations to Boston. Um, I thought Philly was coming out of the East. I picked Philly to come out of the East, and I was wrong. Um, um, I watched the game yesterday, and I thought for sure both teams have played well on the road. This is game seven. Philly's got a shot. Philly was up nine points earlier in the, the, the game. They couldn't extend a nine-point lead. And it just depends, you know. James Harden, Joel Embiid didn't get it done. You know, um... After the game, I thought, you know, Jason Tatum had the easiest 52 points I've ever seen in an NBA game. It looked so, He made it look so easy. They couldn't guard him. Jalen Brown hit some shots. Robert Robert Williams, a third. And Al Horford were hustling their asses off. Boston's going to be a tough out against Miami. I also believe that uh, – I want to talk about the 76ers here. The 76ers have a lot of talent. A lot of talent. I think they are a guard away. They are a couple pieces away missing. Something's missing. Do I bring James Harden back? He is 33, 34 years of age, I believe. You know, do you give him a big Supermax? He's, he's going to want one. And then you got, <clears throat> obviously, you got, you know, Joel Embiid, who just won the MVP, even though he didn't play like an MVP. Really, in this series, you look at it. Embiid, uh, you know, he's locked in for a while. Max, he's going to get paid, obviously, if you want to keep Max. So here's, a, here's, the, here's what I'm thinking. I really believe I don't. I I was on the verge of saying Doc was going to be fired. The Doc needed to be go let go. I think Doc needs one more year. After what I, I I would just roll one more year with Doc Rivers. And what I would do is I would probably and I've been against this for a while. If anybody knows me, I'm I'm a solid fan of Ty, Tobias Harris. I think Tobias Harris is a really good player and he played really well in Game Seven. I mean, if I pull the stats up real quick for you, I'm gonna pull them up real actually real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh man, hope you guys are having a great week. By the way, uh, my week started out pretty well. So, I mean, let's pull these stats up real quick as my bleacher were taking a little while. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I apologize. All right, so. 
Tobias Harris played 40 minutes yesterday. He had 19 points, 5 rebounds, 0 assists, but he shot 7 of 13 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, and 4 of 4 from the free throw line, minus 21. Um... I mean, that's good numbers. I mean, I like the one of seven from three. It shows that the rest of the – he was six of one of seven, so you take one six. He was basically six of six from the, the damn floor outside shooting outside shooting threes. Maxi played 42 minutes, 17, 17, three and four, shot five of 12, two of six from three. Uh, just negative, uh, plus minus 31, negative 31. But here's the big one. Joel Embiid, 38 minutes, 5 of 18 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, 5 of 6 from free throw line, minus 28. And then James Harden, a whopping triple single, uh, dropped a triple single with 9 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists, 3 11 for the field, 1 of 5. Now, I was bragging about James Harden after game one. I thought James Harden may be back. And then that he's back, I thought, man, they got a shot. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, game seven, Embiid, you know, everybody says he's got a bad will. Look, he's out there on the floor. If he's out there on the floor, I don't want to hear no excuses. Everybody says, you know, Embiid set the game. Him and Hart can't do it all. Well, Tobias Harris and Maxey gave you 36 points, and you gave them 26. So, I don't know what to tell you. Um, they, need to, they need to do something. P.J. Tucker ain't going to be the answer. P, I love P.J. He plays his ass off, but it's just it's not working. I mean, Paul Reed came in and played 10 minutes. Daniel House gave you six minutes. I mean, you got Montrez Harrell sitting on the bitch. Harold didn't play. I mean, Harold brings you injury. Dwayne Dedman, who he traded, you acquired the uh, Dwayne Dedman and, and McDan- um, Jay McDaniels, you got them at the deadline. You haven't done anything with them. I, I believe you got Dedman at the deadline. I apologize if I don't. But you look at Boston here. Look at this. Tatum, 51, 13, and 5, 7 of 28, 6 of 10 for 3. Jalen Brown, 25, 6 and 2, 9 of 19. Marcus Smart, 7-4-4. Four, and four. Al Horford and Robert Williams combined for a total of 12 points and 15 rebounds between them. They also had three blocks and three steals between them both. Brogdon had 12 points, and Dylan White had three. They knew what they were going to – they had to do in this series. They knew what they had to do. And Tatum rolled, rolled them to a victory. Jason Tatum responded well. I don't know what is there more to tell – what is more to tell you that – I I don't know. I, I, I'm lost for words to fathom the fact that the third quarter, it was close, and all of a sudden I blink, and the game's over, basically. I, I don't know. I think it's laziness. I think Joel Embiid should not have been playing if he was hurt, and if he and I don't hear no excuses. I'm sick and tired of hearing that bullshit. I hate, I hate when guys make excuses. Well, I had an injury, but we lost. Dude, you're out there on the floor. You were playing. I, I don't want to hear that bullshit. I'm not I miss me with I always say miss me with the bullshit. I mean, I am just not nope, nope, nope. Not my thing, man. Not my thing at all. So congratulations to the Boston Celtics. Let's talk about the game with and by the way, if I'm Philly, they need a big I feel like they need a big guard. I like Maxie a lot. I know I'm a little fan of stand up at Kentucky player, but Maxie has a he's quick off the bounce. He gets the rim. He is a little explosive, but I think they need they need a six 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 seven guard that can play the wing a little bit that can help them out. <clears throat> I think they if they went out and shopped and found a good a good piece to to fill them in, I think they'd be a lot better. Um, if they can't, if they want to shop Tobias Harris, I get it. Maybe you can get something out of him, but at the same time, what are you going to get? Who's out there on the market you can get? Everybody says, well, they need to go get Damian Lillard. I don't think you need Damian Lillard. I think Maxie and Harden are pretty good backward, but I feel like if they got a wing that's a play the guard spot a little bit, they can help out, I think it would be better. Then Anthony Milton can get his shots. Then you can get, you know, uh, George Yang involved. 
They gotta get some. They gotta figure. They gotta fill that bench out better. And they gotta get a three and D specials, a six 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 seven combo guard forward that can handle the ball a little bit, who can hit perimeter shots, who can get it, create his own shots, and can create for others. They gotta spread that ball out. And the ball. How many times you watch the 76ers and the ball gets stagnant with Harden, Harden dribbling? Yes, Harden gets guys involved, but how many times he goes on the weak side, on the left side, and he clears up out and he goes one on one, goes to the rim, and he either gets fouled or he misses. He never scores half the time. If you really look at it. Harden scores in transition. He scores when he's going right to the rim. If he's ever on the left-hand side, he's drawing a foul or he's missing a shot every time. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm just saying. Embiid, look, dude, I felt this way about the MVP. Joker won it two years ago. That's fine. Embiid should have won it last year, and Joker should have won it this year. That's the way I look at it. But I'm just I'm sick and tired of everybody making excuses. Embiid, you got to get done. Are you fucking kidding me? Look, man, I know, look, you want to talk about a passionate fan base. The city of Philadelphia is passionate. They are passionate about sports. They take pride. Embiid and Harden, that that was bullshit yesterday. If I'm a 76ers fan, I would quit buying their jerseys and everything else because it's bullshit. Yes, I know the whole thing. They're the be- two of their best players. You got to support them. I get that. But that's bullshit. You got to show up and play. Game seven, you were up 3-2. You blew the game the other night against the Celtics. You blew it. Everybody wants to point the finger at coaching. I get that. Docking, yeah, docking, whatever. But players got to play. Players got to step up. So if I'm them, I bring, <clears throat> I would bring Doc back for one more year and see if they get through. If they, get, they have enough talent to make a run, do I think they have enough talent to win it all? I don't think they could beat Denver. But I do believe that with if they fill their roster out better, add a couple more pieces to the bench, and get like a 3 and D, like a 6-7, six, 6-6 six, six guard, maybe a Tim Hardaway Jr., some, I'm just throwing a name out, but some, something that that player, a player like that, that can get his own shot and can play some defense, they it might do him well. Or like they got a like they they need somebody on the wing that can outside Tobias Harris. That's their weakest spot. They got good, they have good guard play, but they just and with DeAnte Milton in that mix as well. But they need to fill that roster out more. Just plain and simple. Better. Now let's talk about the Celtics versus the Miami Heat. I think, in my opinion, I am a big Jimmy Butler fan. I'm rooting my ass off for the Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat run it back. I think Jimmy is motivated. They got to steal either game one or game two to have a shot. They have to steal a game in Boston. <coughs> they cannot go down 0-2 <clears throat> against Boston. Excuse me. I think Boston will win this series. And I hope I'm wrong, but I think Boston wins it in six. And I pray that I hope I'm wrong. I want Jimmy Butler in the finals so bad, y'all. But I just feel like they are one guy away. Outside Jimmy, who else is going to do it? Bam has got to be consistent. If Gabe Vincent, <clears throat> Strauss, and Duncan Robinson hit shots, yes. <clears throat> if Kyle Lowry steps up, that's big. I apologize, guys. I'm under the wind, the weather. But I think that would be big. <clears throat> but – I also think everybody points the finger. Well, Tyler Hero ain't playing. I'll be honest with you guys. I think Tyler Hero is not even a number two option on a championship team. I think Tyler Hero is a three or four option, third or four option on offense. And I think he's a, a, a best a six man of the year. I don't think he's one of those guys that can lead, can be. You you can't put Tyler Hero. You take AD and LeBron. If you, let's say, for example, the Lakers swapped. I like they swapped. D'Angelo Russell for Tower Hero, I think they get worse. I don't think they're better. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I think they're not better is what they are. They're not good. If you take Michael Porter Jr. and put Hero in with the Nuggets, I think they're, they're not better. I think he's he needs to go to an environment where it fits well with him, where he can be a solid third or four option or be a, a, off the bench. I feel like he – Miami, I get it. I think he's he, – he, whatever. But I, I'm just <clears throat> not a fan of it. Just my opinion. 
So I think they need it. Miami needs it. That's off after this offseason. I've heard rumors, you know, some people have been talking a lot. What about Damian Lillard? Well, you got Kyle Lowry. He's playing well at a level. Do you do you get rid of Lowry and trade somebody else and get Damian Lillard? If Dame's there, I grab him. But I feel like that could be great for scoring. <clears throat> but I think also getting Kevin Love there, re-sign, maybe giving Kevin Love, getting him to re-sign with Miami. You look at Kevin Love, man. I've been saying for the last two years, if they get another big with Bam, they can make a run. And sure enough, they got another big with Bam, and they're making a run. So, Kevin Love's played really well for him, too. <clears throat> and I like Caleb Martin. He's played really well, too. So, I think Boston 6. Now, let's go to the Western Conference. This is a topic of controversy. Because I think the Denver Nuggets are going to win it all. I really believe that. I think this is the Joker's year. I think it's going to happen. <clears throat> now, I really believe that the Lakers and the Nuggets, they match up really well together. Guard play to up front, they, they match up well. I think... The lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis against Joker, (coughs) Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and and, uh, KCP, Caldwell Pope, obviously, and Jamal Murray. It's a hell of a lineup. I think the difference in this thing is I think AD and Joker, Joker's going to get his. AD is going to come to play. I think AD's come to play all playoffs. I think they're both going to get theirs. Joker's got to guard AD this time, he's got to guard somebody. My biggest thing is this. <clears throat> Denver's got a lot of size. They have really good. They have Bruce Brown that comes off the bench and gives them good, solid minutes. <clears throat> they got Jeff Green who plays well in spots. They got some guys. I also, <clears throat> man, I'm trying to get over this damn fucking cold of mine. I also believe that if you look at the guard play, Jamal Murray is going to get 20 to 25 uh, on a night probably. He is going to get his. Just playing simply is going to get it. D'Angelo Russell has got to do everything he can. They might have to slow him down, but here's the problem. If you switch, everybody's saying, well, I've heard people online, well, Vanderbilt might guard Murray. Here's the thing. You switch D'Angelo Russell on, or Vanderbilt on Jamal Murray, okay, this isn't like the Warriors where you can put Russell and put him on Clay or put him on Wiggins. He's going to have to guard Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon at that point, and you can't, I, you can't afford that because let me tell you something. KCP and Austin Reeves has gotten a lot of good shots. He's played well, but KCP is going to get up in him and make him dribble, make him def- and make him make it tough for him. I don't see anybody making it tough for Austin Reeves now. Austin Reeves is a really good ball player. I like him. I think he's going to get paid this summer, and I think he deserves a shot and getting paid. But let's be honest, <coughs> he hasn't really. I mean, Clay ain't the same guy anymore, and that Grizzlies team ain't the same. And we're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies here in a minute, especially about once uh, one player. I. I'm going to go with Denver in six. I think if L.A. can steal game one or game two, they cannot go back down 0-2 in this series against the Nuggets. I think if the Lakers can steal game one or game two and they can get a lead on 3-1 going into game five, I think the Lakers will win this series. But I think if they go back 2-2, I just think Denver will win it in six. I could see we could I could be wrong, but I'm rolling with Denver. So, We'll talk about the NBA Finals matchup next uh, when the, the season when the, it starts. But I will stake this too. I think we're going to have a two really tough. I think both series are going to be tough, and I'm looking forward to it. Now let's talk about the goat debate before I get into the Memphis Grizzlies drama. As I answer test matches, hold on, y'all.
So, <clears throat> excuse me. So back to that. I had an answer test message. So, where does the GOAT debate, if LeBron wins a title, I've heard people, LeBron wins a fifth title with the seventh seed, Los Angeles Lakers, is he the greatest of all time? Can we finally put him past Jordan? <sighs> It'd be hard to argue it. It'd be hard to argue against it, excuse me. It would. However, I'm going to state this. Jordan was 6-6. Six for six. He was perfect in the finals, man. He was. He never allowed a game seven. You know, everybody talks about, you know, <clears throat> you know, well, Jordan, you know, Jordan took a year and a half off, came back, got beat by the Magic, and then he took two years off and went and played with Washington. If you really look at it, Jordan accomplished in 13 seasons with Chicago, I think it was 13 seasons with Chicago Bulls, he he accomplished six titles. I mean, that's pretty fucking impressive. Um, I always hear the rumor, well, what did Jordan do without Scotty? Okay. What did Sky do without Mike? What, third or four option on those Portland Trailblazers teams that made runs? Stop. I mean, we, can we stop this? Everybody's had help. LeBron's had help. The only time anybody never had help, I saw it twice in my lifetime. I saw the 2000, 2001, the, um, or 2000, 2001, excuse me, it's 2002, I believe, 76ers with AI who had Matumbo, who was not the same player he once was in Denver <clears throat> or Atlanta, and that was it, and a bunch of Rough Riders. And then you go to that Cleveland team, the first finals run, LeBron had nobody. No one. So, and you can make the argument when he got beat by Kevin Durant and those guys, LeBron didn't have it the last year, uh, Golden State beating LeBron. <clears throat> they all made it clear that, well, LeBron really didn't have nobody on that squad either. I get that. I understand that. But that's that's probably only three times in NBA history it's happened. LeBron's had done it twice, which is pretty fucking impressive he's done that. I'm going to say this for the final time. In my opinion, it's Michael Jordan 1, LeBron James 2, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 3, 4, Bill Russell, 5, Kobe Bryant. That's my top five. And I have, and I'm not, and I, I can hear people right now, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You and Bron 1, what the fuck? Look, man, it's my opinion. I can, Your opinion is different than mine. I'm not going to argue with you. If you're going to get butt hurt, over a conversation, who is a better basketball player? You, you need to check yourself because it's it's not some of the arguments you see on these guys talking about these debates. They people get in their fucking feelings. Jordan fans are guilty of this too now too. And y'all ain't easy either. Well, Mike was this and that. The the, the same people that are saying was Mike was the, that Jordan. Let me excuse me. LeBron was better than Mike. Are the same people who are saying Mike was better than Wilt or better than Kareem that people saw that previous era. It's the same thing. So, I also heard another, you know, that's my top five. It's my personal. And then I'll round it out later one day on the show if somebody asked me to. That's my opinion. And if anybody's got a problem with it, you ain't got to turn, you can turn this motherfucker off. And I got to ever hear you. You ain't got to listen to the show again. I don't care. It's just my opinion. <clears throat> and I'll stand by it. Now, on a, uh, on a scale of, one to ten, how much does it improve the GOAT argument if LeBron wins a title this year? It's pretty damn hard, you know, to argue against it. I just think Jordan accomplished more in less time than LeBron did. LeBron has had a hell of a – longevity-wise, nobody's had a better career. On longevity-wise, LeBron has stand the test of time. He's 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 took, taken care of his body. It's amazing. 
But I just feel like George, the 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 I, people don't understand that last dance documentary that came out two years during COVID. Thank God, because we didn't have nothing to watch. That last dance documentary showed me. You know, I had in the back of my mind, like I always thought, man, it's, it's, the argument's getting close, man. That three come back three one against Golden State, and then you know, him win the title in the bubble. I mean, that was pretty impressive, LeBron, to do that. <clears throat> but let's be honest. So then you go back and watch the last dance documentary. You watch the impact Jordan had on the league in the 90s. That run. The man had a three-peat, won a gold medal, beat, beat, and I'm going to make this real clear to everybody. Let's go 91. Jordan beat the Lakers. Everybody says an old Magic. Magic was 31 years old when he beat Magic. In Portland, 92, they played the Portland Trailblazers, who in 90, 1990 went to the finals against the Detroit Pistons. Gets Clyde Drexler, Tracy Porter, good squad of guys. Clifford Robertson was on that team. I think Buck Williams was on that team, too. Good, solid crew of guys. Kevin Ducksworth. <clears throat> Clyde was, everybody said, was basically superior to Jordan. Clyde is a Hall of Famer. 20, 22, 23, 24-point-per-game score. Clyde to Glide, Drexler. <coughs> Jordan kicked his ass. Six threes in game one. Everybody says, Andy Gray, a shooter. Then 1993, after going to the, win the gold medal with the Dream Team, in 1993, dealing with all the bullshit about him gambling and all that bullshit he dealt with, he beat, came back down 2 nothing against the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals, kicked their ass, and then he turned around. And it's a team effort, but I'm saying this, we're arguing about Jordan and LeBron. We're not arguing about Scotty and this team. And that. We're arguing about Jordan and LeBron here. And then in 93, he takes on that the, the Phoenix Suns, who had Charles Barkley won an MVP, had Thunder Dan Marley, had Tom Chambers, I believe, was on that squad. You had Richard Dumas, who was Rookie of the Year. You had Kevin Johnson, who was an underrated point guard. I mean, he had a guys against him. And Jordan, head-to-head, he beat him. 93, he beat him. Look at the average. I think Jordan averaged 40 for a game in that series. I could be wrong. or His numbers were they were high. Jordan won. Everybody says, well, Paxson won the game in game six. Well, they're up 3-2. They closed the deal, didn't they? Teammates, people got hit shots. Kyrie closed the deal in game seven, didn't he? 3-1. And down, come back for 3-1. Didn't he close the game, deal in game seven? It is what it is. Then Jordan says, you know what? I'm tired of this bullshit with the media. I'm going to retire. My father just got killed. And the, and what made Jordan walk away? Jordan was planning on retiring. He's gonna, he was done. He was wore out. He had no, uh, no competition. Then his dad gets killed. The media runs that he had something to do with his dad's death, which is a crock of shit. He goes and plays baseball, and his first year playing minor league baseball, the guy bats 208. Like everybody says, well, bat 208. For a guy that just came off playing basketball, he batted 208. 208. That's pretty fucking impressive for anybody said. He eventually would have got called to the major because he's Michael Jordan. He would have sold some tickets. He would have eventually caught on. He was playing well. Then, 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 you know, obviously the Bulls, the lockout happens. Jordan comes back in 94, 95. He's not the same. He's not the same player. He, you know, he was. He had some games he played well, but his legs weren't there. He going from playing baseball to basketball is two totally different sports, and he didn't play well. He, Jordan did not play well. He wasn't in shape. And then that final, that summer while filming Space Jam, he's working out playing pickup ball with Reggie Miller, Dennis Rodman, David Robertson, Scottie Pippen, the the best of the NBA. Because you know Jordan never played with nobody. If you ask these guys today, he never played against anybody. I just named about four or five Hall of Famers for you. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then <clears throat> you know he comes back 
get, they get Rodman to replace Horace Grant, something they never did. They never replaced Horace. They get Rodman, who had all his BS going on and all his shenanigans. <coughs> Phil and Chuck Daly were the perfect coaches, perfect coaches for Dennis Rodman. One of my favorite players. I love Dennis Rodman. <coughs> And they went 72 and 10. They swept a 63 win Orlando Magic team with a young Shaq and Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, and Dennis Scott. Then they beat a 60 win Seattle Sonics team with Sean Kemp, the glove, Gary Payne, Nate, Nate McMillan, I believe Ricky Pierce is on that team. Beat them six games. It's the famous game where Jordan, and he didn't shoot particularly well in that series. He played well, but he did a great, I mean, he did a lot of, he, I mean, he won a finals MVP. He didn't shoot the best in that series. But yet, you know, he was dealing with a lot. <clears throat> His dad's deaf. I mean, there's a famous, you know, him crying, you know, holding the trophy and crying after the game. Then they come back the following next two years. They beat the, they beat Stockton Malone, those two guys. I mean, two of the greatest ever at their position, never to win championships. And then he walks away with the league, in the league lockout. He walks away because Jerry Krause wanted to have a rebuild. The man took a break for a year and a half and had two fucking three-peats. In his final year in Chicago, he won the All-Star MVP. He won the Finals MVP. He won the League MVP. He was first team All NBA. He was first team All Defense. I mean, can we stop like ignoring the fact how great this man was, and can we stop making fucking excuses every time you bring the Golden Bay? And Jordan fans are guilty too. They ignore all the bronze accolades or anything else. They're guilty of it too. But what I just ran down for you, you gotta look into detail about things. You think this is a clear cut argument? It's not. That's all I'm saying. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time in my eyes. Now, if LeBron wins a title and maybe next year they come back and they repeat, then we talk, okay, he's got six titles, man. He's got a lot of finals. We can a lot of finals appearances. <clears throat> I'll tell you what we can do. <clears throat> if LeBron, and also here's another thing. Like somebody said, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said, well, look at the records LeBron's got. He's played almost he's played three or four seasons longer than Jordan, too. You're, he's gonna have every fucking record if he keeps playing, guys. Jesus Christ. But people don't realize that because they just look past now. They see the guys, the league is now so, because they basically, the NBA is taking defense out of the league, basically. Everybody is averaging 24, 25 points per game. Because <clears throat> you look at the stats tonight, these guys, the game was more balanced and stuff. They didn't idolize three point shooting. And I heard this rule where Jordan was a great three point shooter. Okay. So you take Michael Jordan, one of the most athletic, gifted guards, maybe the most athletic, gifted guard to ever play this game. You put him in this area where they play zone defense. And they can't hand check? My God. Are you fucking kidding me? Stop. Stop. If James Harden can get 35 in this fucking league, what do you think Jordan would get? Kobe got fucking 36 one year when they were still able to hand check and shit. Stop. 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 Enough. If anybody's got a problem with that, I got an inbox. Just saying. Plain and simple. Now, <clears throat> as I break this down, I take a sip of this Mountain Dew. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. More so, I won't make an announcement. Do I agree with the Memphis Grizzlies not bringing back Dylan Brooks? This is old, but I'm going to get it out for Yes, I do agree with it. I do agree with it. But I don't agree with them going public about it. I, I just don't like that. Grizzlies are trying to make themselves look like the good guys in the situation. They kind of made themselves look like assholes, in my opinion. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. <clears throat> Would I pick Dylan Brooks up? Yeah, if he come off the bench. I'm not. He's not a starter for me. I think he's a good defensive player. I think he's he talked he runs his mouth to get attention and get people to notice him, which is kind of hurting the squad, the Memphis a little bit. <clears throat> but I'm gonna talk a little bit about John Morant. <clears throat> so everybody knows him from Louisville, Kentucky. So John went to Murray State. He's from down. He's from Kentucky. 
So I have a little love in my heart for John Moran. I am a big fan of John Moran. Let's be honest. And I believe Josh from I believe Josh from Josh from Kentucky. I, I'm gonna look that up real quick. Am I Josh from Kentucky? No, he's from he's from he's from um he's from he was born Daisel, South Carolina. <laughs> I apologize for that. He's from he's he's from South Carolina. I apologize. I thought he was from I thought he was from Kentucky. I apologize. I didn't know my info on that. I apologize. So I remember watching Ja. I watch a lot of college ball. I watch a lot of college basketball. I watch college basketball. The only person I know that watches more college basketball than me is my dad. And Ja, I remember it's my junior his junior year. I started dad said that's one of the best players in the country, and you know, we know it. So I started watching Murray State. I'm watching Ja. And I'm, Murray State's had an issue, has had history putting players in the NBA. They've had some really good teams. <clears throat> and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, damn, he's quick off the bounce. Damn, he's long. Okay. Then we go to the NCAA tournament. He's starting to catch more in. And then he has that triple-double against Marquette, his first round of the NCAA tournament. He gets drafted number two overall in the Memphis Grizzlies. And Dad said, well, the New Orleans Pelicans should have drafted number one because Zion's never going to get in shape. And I was hoping Dad was wrong, but so far he's been right about that. Dad's usually right about basketball when he looks at it. He's usually right for the most part. He's going to hear that and probably like, yeah, I know because I taught you. But anyway, so Ja comes in the league and he's playing his ass off. I'm rooting for him. Memphis starts showing their, you know, Memphis is getting a little cocky or whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever. Then the shenanigans and the bullshit starts happening. You know, I can go off and on about the incidents. We all know that we had an incident here in in, with the Pacers. He's had an issue at a finish line store. And he's had an issue at high schools with a sister's basketball game or volleyball game, excuse me. <clears throat> and then he's had, and then he got suspended and he went down, the, he went, got therapy and got some help. <clears throat> and, and you got some stuff. And then yesterday on IG Live, he gets caught with a gun in his hand. Oh my God. <sighs> I've never seen a human being in my life fumble the bag, as they say, more than Ja Morant. Ja Morant is not being caught by TMZ. He's getting caught by himself being stupid. You know, there's always a saying, be careful who you have around you because they can lead you down a a wrong path. Be a leader, not a follower. Ja is being a follower and being up front. He's being something he's not. He came from a middle-class family. He came from a middle-class family. And he wants to be in the trenches? You want to be have that thing on you? You want to carry around a gun? Look, man. This is why you see athletes all the time try to get extra money. And owners don't give them the money because of bullshit like this. Probably back in the day, there were some wild guys in the 80s or 90s. But they didn't have social media. They didn't have a camera everywhere. They didn't have cameras everywhere looking at them. Y'all wants to be on IG Live, throwing up a gun, acting like he, like, like he ain't got no common sense, and being an idiot. That's on him. But look what he's costing himself. He's costing himself. He's going to lose. Nike's probably going to drop him. He's going to lose power rates. So that's $30, $40 million right there. He lost $40 million from bonuses because he didn't make an all-NBA team because he got suspended. The Memphis Grizzlies, he's probably going to have a lengthy suspension. I'm saying 10 to 25 games probably. And now, Ja's going to have, <coughs> and now Ja is going to probably have, going to be possibly can be cut for this. 
He better thank God it's Adam Silver's commission because David Stern, he went through, he, David Stern probably spent him for half the year. Memphis has got a lot of bad baggage around the Grizzlies. Right now with Dylan Brooks's drama, they're out front about that. So as an ownership, they look like piss poor doing that. Then you turn around and you get beat by the Lakers because you're not worried about nobody in the West. You got your ass kicked by the Lakers. Ja goes from being an MVP candidate to being a laughing stock of the lead and the people that just shun at him now because the people he has around him. Why you want to have people around you that are going to cause problems for you? Why are you trying to act something you're not? Ja, you're a good dude. You're good You're good to people in the community. People talk great about you. They say you're well-spoken. Why are you acting like this just for the clout? Just for Chase? Nah, man. If I'm Memphis right now, I'd say, all right, suspend him. And if he comes back and he does something again, I cut his ass in the morning. I cut him in, I cut him in a heartbeat. Got to cut your losses. Buy him out and just rebuild because that's what's all you can do. Because it's tearing that team down. I mean, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And here's another thing I want to talk about. And I'm not, I'm a, I'm, you know, I don't have children of my own. I do raise my girlfriend's little boy. And plain and simple, this is on his dad and his mother. All right, especially his dad. His dad's out there in the stands trying to pick a fight with Shan Sharp. And act like he's cool and shit when he should be saying, Ja, come on, man, like straighten up. His mother's one of the reasons his mom called the finish line and was all over his mom, called his mom. He's having an issue with this customer. Ja comes down there with eight or nine people behind him wanting to fight this dude in a finish line store. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, Ja? First off, any man that's got to walk around with eight or nine people around him and with guns, they ain't, they ain't, they're not tough. They ain't shit. They're, they're, they're being something they're not. They're being something that they're not, and that's the problem with Ja. You give me, I swear to God, on my mother's grave, on my mom's grave, you give me $200 million right now, I'll start going, ask me any, say, Shelby, cancel the podcast, go to church, lose some weight, and I'll give you $200 million. Done. Bye, guys. See you. I'm done. I get $200 million and start up another podcast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? The, you, the bag is there for you, dude. The bag is there. The bag is there. And what are you doing? Goddamn, Ja, come on. Think, think. Damn. And then you got Kwame Brown, Brown's country bumpkin ass. He's over there talking about, man, them white people out them white folks laughing at you. Man, shut up, Kwame. You got, you. if anybody fucking ripped the system off, it's your big ass. You got the number one pick and got paid. Shut up. Jesus Christ. I used to like Kwame Brown. He started running his mouth. Now he's just becoming, it's just become ridiculous and just wham, 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 Shut up. Jesus Christ. My God. Talking about anybody ripping off the system, it's you. My God. <sighs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm with everybody around here, man. I love, I love Jaws game and I pray to God, he, maybe this will wake him up. But man, I got a bad feeling. Ain't. You know, you watch Shan Sharp and Stephen A. Smith talk about it, and you know, I see people say, "Oh man, you just you just jealous, you hating, you let that man live his life, let that dude live his life, let that brother live his life." Really? Because he's gonna get himself into trouble. He's gonna get a situation. What happens if one of those people he's hanging around with fires a gun off and gets somebody injured or killed, and Jaws in the car or around Jaws? Jaws is a suspect for murder. Now, what's Jaws gonna do? Is Jaws gonna tell the truth, or he gonna ride down with his boys? Because I guarantee you. More than likely, they ain't going to take the blame. They're going to point the finger at somebody else. Jog going to be the fall guy for something he ain't going to ask for. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. Better straighten up, man. I'm telling you, bro. 
Jesus Christ. He wants to be this way, be this way. But, man, I'll tell you right now, ain't nobody laughing at you, bro. Everybody just, just whatever. It's sad at this point because the guy wants to be an idiot. It just sucks and it's stupid. Plain and simple. And I, I, I'm with everybody around me that said it. Jaw's a great player. He's fun to watch. He has a chance to be the future of the league. He has a chance. Him and Zion had to have, have chances to be the future of the league. When those two guys were drafted, the Knicks looked smart because of Zion's weight issues and Jaw's stupidity. They picked. They got R.J. Barrett. They look like Saints. They look smart on this pick. Never thought I'd say that. Wow. So, in conclusion with that, the Memphis Grizzlies have a choice here. They're letting Dylan Brooks walk. If I'm if I'm them, this is what I do. I Jaw's gonna get suspended for a while. If Jaw cannot come back and do things right, they will cut him and buy him out, and then they will have to say restart. It's pretty shameful. We're top last couple of years been top seeds in the playoffs, got a little grind to them, and look what happened. <coughs> it's a damn shame. Damn shame. So what's in the plans for Shelby Green this week? What's going on with Shelby Green? Well, let's see. Got a, uh, I got a uh, celebration of life to watch on the ACC Network Extra tonight of Denny Crum. Everybody knows how I, the legendary Louisville Cardinals coach, Denny Crum, passed away over the week, last week, and they're having a celebration of life of him in the, in the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. I am going to sit down and watch that. I'm usually not a big fan of funerals. Actually, I haven't watched a funeral service since Kobe Bryant's death. And this one's going to be hard for me to watch because this hits home, man. Because I grew up, you know, the stories from dad. I was I started watching a little basketball about 1999, 1998. So I got I got the end of Denny's run. And then, of course, he was forced to retire by Tom Jerks. He wasn't. He didn't go on his own hand. Jerk forced his ass out, forced him out. And then the Patino era kicked off after that. And, you know, it is what it is. Um... Denny was the he Denny in the seventies or eighties ran the state of Kentucky in basketball. Let's just call it what it is. He ran it. Denny ran it. You can make the argument of the seventies, but the eighties head to head, it was Denny. Denny the Louisville Cardinals were the teams of the eighties. More wins than anybody. Two national championships, six final fours. I mean, they have the only team you can make the argument was Indiana. They won two titles, but they didn't go to many final fours as Louisville. And I think Louisville Louisville had to head beat them more times. So, you know, Denny was Denny was a, a assistant coach for for um, John Wooden. All those UCLA teams that Crum was on staff on those guys. Crum left, thought Wooden would never retire. Took the Louisville job. Two or three years later, he got offered the UCLA job, come back, and Crum said, "Absolutely not. I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying here in Louisville." And look what he did. Six hundred wins later, a god, the only guy in the state of in the city of Louisville, Kentucky, that has a bigger name. Then Denny Crum is Muhammad Ali. Ali is the grandfather of the of the city of Louisville, Kentucky. But Denny Crum's the daddy. He is. That's what it is. Denny Crum's dad. Ali's the grandfather. And that's that's the the moral of the story, from my opinion. And it's it. I might have I might have a tear in my eye tonight watching it. Uh, my dad called me earlier today, or earlier I got called back. I got the show. Um, I'm just, I'm very, I'm just hurt by this thing because it just sucks. 
it just sucks, man, because, yeah, he's 80 years old and he died peacefully in his sleep, but at the same time, man, it hits home. It hits home with you. You hear the stories. Um, I originally had Dad come in. Was, Dad was originally going to come on here on Thursday and talk, but I don't, we're not going to be able to get it done, I don't think, about Denny. I remember, you know, Dad said he met Denny twice in life. He told him a story about he met him at the cafeteria and he talked to him, and then he remembers. I remember this one. Louisville's playing Purdue downtown back in 2008. They are playing uh, Purdue downtown. And I remember Denny walking up and patting him on the back. Denny walking up and patting him on the back. And Dad and him sat there and talked for hours. For like maybe It seemed like hours, but it was like 20, 30 minutes at halftime. And Denny talked to him. They talked about the game of basketball and stuff. And it was amazing. And I remember sitting there and Dad sitting there talking to his childhood iron. I could just see the smile. I was up in the like, – Dad had course-side seats. We set up top because – him and Ellis's, my brother Ellis's, their mom, they were dating or married at the time. So me and my brother Jalen and Michael and Catherine, Ellis's brother and sister, were up top. And I'm just sitting there watching this going, he's talking to fucking Denny Crumb. Oh, my God. And and Denny's and dad's in her conversation. And I could just see the joy on my dad's face. And then my dad had tried to fight two Purdue fans because they stepped their boundaries that night, too. So it was a, it was a great night. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's the memories I got with Denny. Denny is a Hall of Fame coach. He's probably the most underrated coach of all time. He doesn't get the credit he gets tonight. He's often forgotten about it. It's a shame. A lot of the things that small ball lineups that you see now, the high lows, Denny invented that at Louisville. For a long time, Denny went 6'4", 6'5", guards. He went 6'5", 6'5", wings, 6'5", 6'6", wings, 6'7", to 6'8", power force, and he went 6'8", 6'9", centers. The first guy ever recruited a little that was over was 6 feet 10 inches tall was Purvis Ellis and won a Final Four MVP. He had Clifford Rose year later on and guys like that, but he didn't have a lot of big guys. He didn't like he because he, he liked to switch everything and play different defenses, and it worked. He got he got two tiles and six Final Fours and over 600 wins doing that. So he knew what he was doing, obviously. <coughs> you know, I mean, my guy, we talk about Dr. Duncan Stein. I mean, the – uh, Daryl Griffin and Jim, and before that he had guys like Jim Price and Junior Bridgman, and you know, then you talk about guys like Poncho Ride and Mil- Poncho Ride and you know Jerry Eves, who I am not a fan of. Um, guys like that, and you know Rodney and Scooter McRae and LeBradford Smith and Billy Thompson and guys that people probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but the fans of Louisville know what I'm talking about. You know, I am just very thrilled <coughs> that. That, that I I know my history and I got to know what that is. I grew up knowing this. I grew up knowing what this man did for the city. It's not just for he Denny like the famous quote by Denny Grum. It's not about the South End. It's not about the West End, the East End, or North End. It's about Louisville. And yes, people down there, we don't say West Side, East Side, South Side. We say ends, North End, South End, West End, East End. That's what we say down there in Louisville. So yeah, rest in peace, Denny Crum. My condolences go to his family, his wife, Susan. And I also will say this. I've seen people online on Twitter say this on, Louisville, on hashtag global Twitter, which can be so fucking toxic at times, but they said something. Denny's seats in the Yum Center should be vacated. I'm going to make this root like nobody should sit him, but I mean this wholeheartedly. <clears throat> I don't think Denny would want that. I think Denny would want it sold out. Because let's be, uh, that, that that's probably what Denny would want. You know, there's a famous picture of Bob Knight and Denny Crum at a golf meet talking. And actually, if you go back and read one of Bobby Knight's books, um, I think it's the book he wrote when after he when he went to, when he took the Texas Tech job, he got fired at Indiana. He had a, there's a whole chapter in that book about Denny Crum and how Denny and him uh, were real good friends. And 
him and Danny all all season would go on fishing trips together. They used to go fishing all the time. And he talked about how, you know, Denise's teams were so tough to prepare for because how athletic they were and they can guard multiple positions and they can switch defenses. So Denny had, you know, there was a lot of story about that. I remember dad telling me the story about, I think it was 86, the year they won a title. He went and saw uh, Louisville at Freedom Hall where they used to play college basketball. And I wish they'd go back there once in a while just for games. At Freedom Hall, they played a, um, they played um, Indiana, and Dad I remember seeing Steve Alford and that crew. That was the year before Indiana won a title in '87, and of course Louisville, you know, <clears throat> of course you know Louisville won that game. But Dad said he remembers that game like it was yesterday. It was just a great. It was just he says you don't realize what you watch live until it's gone, and. Denny had a lot of great teams. The '90s, you know, I've heard people say, "Well, at the end of the '90s, he fell off." Well, let's be honest. 96, 97, 98, the University of Kentucky Wildcats made had went to three straight national championships game. In all three of those years, Louisville beat them. 96, they beat that great team. 97 and 98, those two Louisville teams were not the best, and Louisville beat them all three years. So, Denny could get the most out of anything, and that's what he did. I mean, he's the one since night when he got the job in the 70s. He begged Kentucky and Joby Hall to schedule that game. They wouldn't do it. And until 1983, the dream game happened in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they played during the lead eight to the Final Four. Louisville kicked their ass and beat them in overtime. So, yes, yeah, y'all might be up in the series on us. When it came first to first, when we first played you guys, who won? We did. The inter- As the old racist bastard Adolph Rope was saying, we never will play that inner city school. Well, that inner city school kicked your guys' ass, plain and simple. And after that, the governor of Kentucky came out and said, no, from now on is by law they must play each other. And by law, they're forced to play. That game will never be – if that game ever stops, expect, expect Kentucky and Louisville fans and Kentucky fans to lose their minds. Said, no, we want to play each other for real. Let's play each other. Let's play each other. Plain and simple. The rivalry didn't get out of control. The Calipari got there when Patino refused to recruit for that game. Uh, yeah, so ain't too very happy with Patino now these days. But anyway, so as I said before – it's a uh, it's a sad occasion. The city of Louisville kind of hurts with this, but I think we all know Denny's in a better place. And everybody knows me; I'm not the biggest religious religious guy. I'm I do believe in heaven or hell. I am spiritual. So, rest in peace to Denny, and uh, I wish him and his wife Susan the best. I wish his family the best. <coughs> Any former player that played underneath Denny, I know they're hurting bad. I know Kenny Payne is hurting real bad. I know Daryl Griffin, Griffin, and I know Kenny Payne, Daryl Griffin, and Junior Bridgman are speaking at his celebration of life tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm very uh, happy about this. I'm very happy they're going to talk, and I just know that I, it's just. I was talking to Dad the other day. The only old school coaches that are left are really Arbatino and. Um, Oh, Bob Knight, my God, I apologize. They're only left, really, if you look at it. And let's be honest, I hate to say this, but Bob Knight's not doing really well. He's not. You know, he's got dementia, I believe. Um, he's, you know, he's had, he's had his issues. <clears throat> but I think um, I would love, I would love personally to see, you know, that name and here's another thing. I, I'm not an Indiana Bass. I'm not in. I'm not. I'm not an IU fan at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I have no problem with this program. It's those fucking 
obnoxious Indiana fans, and Purdue fans are worse too. Purdue fans are a bunch of assholes, but there are some good Indiana fans. That are one of my best friends is one. A good friend of mine is a good is a big Indiana fan. But there are a good majority of them that have their they, they think they know everything because of Bob Knight and the the titles, the three dash titles he won. <clears throat> but here's the thing: they haven't won one since 1987. I look at. Bob Knight, and I look at what he's done for that that universe, that town, for the state, for the game of college basketball. Why the hell is the name on the floor in a assembly hall not named Robert Montgomery Knight Court? Could somebody please tell me why that's not done yet? If it is done, I apologize, but could somebody tell me why that's not done? Is Bobby? I want to know. Is Bob Knight got a banner up in his in, up in the up there with his name on and the amount of wins he had at the University of Indiana? Is there? Somebody answer me. Because if not, that's bullshit. It needs to happen. That needs to be happening. I remember watching that game that day when in, when I I actually tuned in, made time to sit down and watch an Indiana game because Bob Knight was returning against the Purdue game. And of course, Archie Miller laid a fucking egg and got beat by Purdue. And I had, and I ain't going to lie, I, I, I stood on my feet and clapped because I'm like, that's fucking awesome that Bob Knight's back in town. That's fucking awesome. You know, that's great. And of course, Archie Miller couldn't coach his Coach came out with a wet paper bag and got his ass kicked by Purdue. <clears throat> so it is what it is on that. That being said, I want to talk about a little basketball recruiting. I'm going to end this show on a on a uh, little bit of a rant. So, Mackenzie Mbaku, top five player in the country in this 2023 class, decommitted from Duke. A lot of people said Louisville was going to make a push for him because of Nolan Smith. He visited St. John's, he visited Kansas, he visited Indiana, and he was going to visit Louisville last Friday to Sunday on Mother's Day weekend. Somehow, someway, by Wednesday, it was announced, or the beginning of the week, that Mackenzie Mbaku had canceled his visit. Come to find out, he went to he committed to the University of Indiana. Whatever it is, what it is. I ain't, I am not losing no sleep. I would have loved to have Mbaku, but it is what it is. <clears throat> then you come to find out that the CAA agency that represents Mbaku Paid the man three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars not to visit Louisville, and it's the same agency that represents—I can't say his name right—but Kalini Ware, who who transferred from Oregon to Indiana and represents Mike Woodson, the head coach of Indiana. Now I know the rules and regulations have happened, and Louisville's done a lot of things, but this whole thing of image that Indiana doesn't get dirty and doesn't play with money and all that sort of thing—what do you call that right there? That's being dirty. It's a it's dirt it's dirty. Let's be honest. An agency pays you not to go to school. I'll tell you right now, the NCAA better get a hold of the NILs and shit because shit's getting way out of hand. Because if you're starting when agencies get involved, that's bad. It's the same thing with shoe company. What's hurt college basketball is not the NIL. What well NILs are hurting, but it's not the first thing. AAU and shoe companies have had issues with this for 30 for 30, 40 years. Sneakers. And AAU coming. AAU's ruined high school basketball. Now everybody goes to the academies to play, and everybody teams up, and they play. It's not the same. I mean, high school basketball is not the same anymore. And that's the problem. So, now the these kids are getting out of You telling me, there was a rumor that McKenzie Mbaku got 3 to $4 million going in. I knew that was bullshit. There was no way in hell. Louisville wasn't going to, he got paid that money to basically Walk to, not, to cancel his Louisville visit by an agency. He took the money. I'm not mad at the kid for taking the money. It's his fault. Somebody gives me three or four hundred dollars, three to four hundred thousand dollars in my face that I visit the school. Yeah, I got something to think about. It depends on what the school is. If it's going to Louisville, I'll tell you, kiss your ass. I can get NIL. You can make money down there in Louisville now. There's plenty of money and opportunity you can make down there. 
But like Kenny Payne, everybody's on Kenny Payne's ass. We ain't got another guy to Porter. We're going to win like 10 games next year. We're too young. Uh, look, dude, he knows what he's doing. I trust Kenny. Kenny knows what he's doing. He's going to win. He's going to win some games next year. I don't know how many games he's going to win this year. I know it'll be a lot better than last year. One or two bad apples ruined that team. And I really believe this. I think Chris Mack is part of the reason for that because I think Chris Mack's an asshole. After all the things I defeated him on, I can say this flat out. I think Chris Mack is an asshole. And I will continue to say he's an asshole. He's an asshole. <clears throat> Acts like a tough guy and everything else. He ain't shit. Mack ain't shit. Plain and simple. <coughs> so, Kenny Payne came in and... He, I believe in my heart, Kenny Payne wanted to kick everybody off that squad last year. I think he wanted to kick everybody off and start fresh, but he couldn't. He couldn't. He tried to get guys to come back and stay. They wouldn't stay. That report that Dre and Tay Davis, they both wanted to stay, but they were told not to. Bullshit. There's no way in hell Kenny Payne, when he went publicly, said, I want everybody to stay. I hope everybody comes back and stays. He said that because he knew he wasn't going to be able to land, guys, because the allegations against Louisville. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That was the problem. And I don't know how many times I have to break this fucking method down. Now, yes, 4-28 last year was embarrassing. It makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. But like everybody says, well, coaches got to coach. Players got to play. And look what he did. Fabio Basile, he brought in the field roster. He's gone. Kamari Lane's a freshman. You're gone. Roosevelt Wheeler just filled a spot. You're gone. Sidney Curry's gone. He told Eli Ellis to go. And everybody makes a bit. And like I can name more guys up, but I'm like, Devin Reed went, which I felt hope he gets an opportunity. And Jalen Withers can go with his, you know, his, you know, hopefully he breaks out and performs like the kid he's supposed to be, the, the talent he has. I have never in my life seen a coach get berated by fans. I tell you what's gonna happen. Carter Bryant was probably a Louisville lock until he saw the fan base, the comments. He saw how they attack players. You got players, players defending coaches and mothers and families of the players defending. Like, what are y'all talking about? Some of y'all never stepped a day on the court in your life. You're going to tell these people what basketball is? They're raising their kid in this. I know one thing. I look at my – I got a top five class coming next year with talent you can build around and start the process of getting this right. It's going to take a process. It might. They might be on the bubble next year, and they might make a run. We don't know. I guarantee you one thing. He need. He had that when everybody when he got Sky Clark, Dennis Evans, and Trent Flowers in a week span. Everybody was kissing his ass. So what's the problem now? Because you're not getting your way. Louisville fans on Louisville Twitter is embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing how they act. Plain simple. Just. <clears throat> it's just bar- embarrassing. It's just flat out embarrassing how stupid this fucking fan base has got, man. And I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the bullshit. If they hear this, if anybody's got a fucking problem with it, they can kiss my ass. I do not give a fuck. I don't. It's bullshit. It's flat out fucking bullshit. So that way, we're going to end the show on that note. I appreciate you guys listening this week like always. And just remember one simple thing. I don't bullshit. I tell it like it is straight up. Have a good one, y'all.